the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, indeed. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline, your host. As you just heard, Jesse gets stand behind the mic for the next two hours. And you can join me at one 367 one on this October 12th. 2020. Several days out, maybe three weeks out, if you will, from that most coveted day by most voting Americans, most conscientious Americans, most Americans that are, well, um, interested in the way our country is going. Uh, Yes, close to it, close to it. Whole lot to talk about. Um, Again, glad to have you on this gorgeous Monday evening, looking out of my window, I can actually see the mountains now. So glad that the clouds are clear. The sky is clear, rather. And um, minimal, minimal, minimal impact in terms of, uh, of, of fog and smog and all of that kind of stuff that has been problematic for us in the Bay Area. But glad to be with you. Um, <clears throat> the number, one 367 to nine. Uh, um, what's going on? Uh, a lot. Uh, we're having uh, uh, hearings right now by the Senate for our up and coming uh, a new ju- judicial nominee for the Supreme Court. Uh, Miss Amy will be um, making her way through, I guess, the harassment or perhaps just the Inquisition. <clears throat> I guess at some point during during today's hearing, if if it's not already, I really actually have not been keeping up, just super busy with a ton of pastoral work. If it's going to go on all week long, I I think it will. Uh, She will get hit with uh, the hostility of the left. We're going to call them that. That's the Democrats, because they feel like somehow she's going to legislate from the bench, even though you can't do that and you shouldn't do that. Your job is to interpret the Constitution and just simply make sure that is being reinforced in our land, which um, it's not, quite frankly. We haven't been really a, a constitutional country for a long time. If we were to begin to evaluate and look at how our government functions and what it has done, contrary to the Constitution. But you know what? I'm way off subject in this regard. Nobody cares. We're Americans, uh, born Americans, or um, we have uh, finally made our way into uh, citizenship here in America. And in terms of what America means, what America really stands for, what it uh, what its benefits are, its blessings, <clears throat> its responsibilities, nobody cares. People don't really care about what the Constitution says. They don't care about what it means to be an American. And that is going to be the problem going forward. Because, you know, if we don't really care about what America is as an idea, we're not going to be really concerned about America in terms in terms of its uh, 
it's uh, it, it's it's promises to us, the parameters of constitutional law, which uh, mandates our freedoms. They are going to be uh, trodden underfoot, uh, set aside, uh, negated more and more. It's been going on now for several decades. Some would argue hundreds of years uh, to the present. And we will look up one day and uh, we will totally be in a kind of uh, fascist controlled country dominated by our politicians. I can tell you that that's true because this coronavirus event over the last nine months has been an absolute balloon test along those same lines. And it's so important for you and I to think this through. The virus of the coronavirus, which is with us forever now, uh, has been both politicized and weaponized against humanity in several ways. Our use of it uh, today has been massively uh, changed. Uh, I'm sorry, our use of it today has massively changed the life patterns of most Americans in a way <clears throat> that has resulted in devastation. I think about what I'm hearing concerning the increase in domestic violence the increase in child uh, sexual abuse, child physical abuse, the increase in pornography, the increase in addiction, the increase in alcohol use, the increase in drugs, the increase in divorce. Now, when I, secondly, the increase in crime, the increase in violence, again, the increase in suicide, all of these add up to a number of very important conclusions. One, the way our politicians have jumped on the virus from the beginning on both sides have been a consequence of party, party politics wanting to accomplish something at which the expense for that is the American people. Quite frankly, the American people have been pummeled by the consequences of this coronavirus way more than the virus itself. And so when I say it has been politicized, it has been weaponized, the weaponization of the coronavirus is in several directions. It basically was used to shut us down and shutting the American people down for this prolonged period of time has been devastating. It has been so impactful that uh, the, again, the health or World Health Organization says, hurry up and get beyond the shutdowns. They still kind of want to uh, control the American people with masks and, and social distancing. But they know now, they know now that the idea of having shut down every institution, every business, every organization, from the beginning of our, our clear knowledge of, of the impact of the coronavirus somewhere around uh, February and March has been totally devastating, not only economically, but socially, psychologically, emotionally, physiologically has been devastating. Now, they don't really care about anything but the political side. However, the weaponizing of the coronavirus is setting us up for the next phase, and you guys do know what that is. That is the highly controversial remedy called vaccines. That subject will not be the subject that we explore or develop or flesh out today because I'm not quite ready for it, even though I'm looking at investigating all sorts of uh, uh, 
narratives and resources around it. It does not look good in terms of its ethics, morals, and objective. Yes, we need a vaccine, but I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to me with bated breath or you're just listening to me with casual concern or you're listening to me with skepticism, it doesn't matter. Listen, in a minute, we are really going to be dealing with whether or not our government respects the Constitution, respects freedom of speech, respects freedom of assembly, respects freedom of the press, respects freedom to uh, protest and, and, and challenge, and if you will, um, uh, expose even our own government's real objective, which fundamentally is to control our society in a way as to inhibit our freedoms so that we can actually live according to choices that we make and not government. This is the whole argument, the whole fierce, fierce narrative on the part of the left of trying to get rid of this next judicial judicial assignment on the part of Trump because they don't want her to be able to leverage the Senate against or leverage the, uh, the uh, Supreme Court against what they fear would be taking away certain rights, women's rights or what have you. Uh, and largely what it's going to be is that uh, if, 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 we, if we don't look carefully at what's going on in our country down the line, we're going to find ourselves unable to. This is why uh, on the part of the right, and, and I believe they're correct in this, uh, Trump and, and everyone else who's on the right arguing that you just do not want, you don't want to experiment, you really don't want to experiment with socialism at the level in which uh, Joe Biden wants to implement it. You really don't. I mean, it still may happen because I, I think people really don't care about the arguments. They don't care about the implications. They don't care about the consequences. They don't care about history. They don't care about what's going on in other countries relative to the implementation of uh, socialism. They don't care about losing their rights because most many people really are operating out of a victim's mentality, a victimized mentality, as you guys are seeing. That's part of the strategy as well. And then on top of that, it's a mindset of entitlement. Give me, give me, give me, instead of give me my freedoms so that I can work for myself and actually carve out a living that brings glory and honor to God because I'm just working hard. As the Bible says, if a man does not work, don't let him eat. Well, give me the freedom, give me the uh, right and um, freedom to, to do what I need to do to take care of my family. And that is uh, really the aim of the Constitution. But I can tell you that that's going to be taken from us on so many levels here in a moment that we will be looking at the apocalypse in a biblical proportion in short order. And it will start with the controversy around vaccines. It certainly will. So you and I got a lot to talk about. I am willing to discourse you. Uh, converse with you on topics that might be on your heart and mind. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If your topics are good, we will have uh, some discourse. If they are not, then we will summarily uh, hear you out and shut it down. But I'm looking forward to talking with you. Give me a call, particularly you new listeners, our first time callers. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. All the lines are open. Give me a call. I'll be right back. Back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. 
and God is on the throne and Christ is at the right hand of the Father ruling this whole universe according to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They are riding now the white horse of the gospel, the true gospel, Christ. is uh, He's making his way through the world by his church in the message of redemption by Christians that are being obedient to him, God saving his people while everything else is going on. The red horse is riding. There are all kinds of wars. They may not be as escalated or as prominent as a world war or some of the uh, theaters of war that we are used to in the Middle East. Uh, it seems kind of quiet on that front, but believe me, there are wars going on around the world on multiple levels, including wars on a domestic level, one of the impacts of the coronavirus in terms of the way we've been handling it. So please understand when I say that our government has politicized and weaponized the coronavirus is that they took the opportunity with this virus to impose levels of shutdown that it has dramatically impacted people in terms of relationships. Divorces are up significantly, as I stated, all kinds of turmoil within the domestic realm of relationships between husbands and wives, if you will. And so it's been a, a, a real problem. That red horse is riding in certain countries. Famine is certainly still extremely prevalent. And for us, we are in a notorious spiritual famine. I mean, so significantly spiritual that almost all of our churches in these uh, liberal states like California are still shut down. They're not standing up. They're not gathering together in worship. They're not obeying the priority of worshiping over the authoritative mandate of the governor and the government. And it is having its impact, believe you me, in the lives of many Christians who do not understand the importance of the collective physical uh, bodily gathering of the saints as a grand testimony of the presence of God, the work of the Spirit of God, and the drawing of men and women who need Jesus via that open public gathering. I will state it again. It has been a real joy for us at Grace to be open as long as we have been. And one of the things that we have seen, even though we are probably about 50% capacity, maybe 60 um, to some degree, and I love all the saints who are coming out, we are seeing new people come out because they are hungry. They are they are in need of spiritual, uh, spiritual nourishment. And so... Uh, that has been a blessing. But beyond that, boy, I'll tell you, devastation, devastation. If the government can take a virus like this and turn it into a weapon, and as we are learning in the book of the Revelation, scatter the power of the holy period, holy people, how weak is our faith to be so uh, nullified and paralyzed uh, as as we are in our country. Now, I say it, even though it might be a little uncomfortable for you, it's true. It's really true. Got a very sad email from a, a young person. I think it's a young person uh, either yesterday or today about that, their own local church in the Bay Area, just kowtowing to whatever Governor Newsom says without even regarding what the Word of God says. It's just not even a question for them. What a sad state of affairs when the moment Caesar tells you what to do, you just do it without even referring to the Word of God to see what God has to say about these things. 
Very sad, but it's a very clear in implication as well that our uh, our people in America, many of them, the good portion, are conditioned to receive the authority and mandate of the government as the grounds upon which they live, the conditions of their life, the choices they make. And this is why I was saying earlier, it's going to be a real problem once we are discussing the vaccines. They will be coming out in a couple months and we will be having the conversation about what's in them and what is in them that's harmful for you. What's in them that will impact your DNA, what's in those vaccines that will actually establish for you a marker and identity by which government can know what you are up to, because that's what they are about. And this has been part of the uh, parlance and language of, of uh, the uh, World Health Organization with, with Bill Gates for a long period of time. So whether you know it or not, uh, yeah, it's coming and we have to uh, we have to address it. You won't be able to stick your head in the sand at a certain point. Um, look, uh, like I had stated about the weaponizing and politicizing of it, here we are coming up on a uh, voting uh, this November 3rd for uh, either President Trump or Joe Biden uh, getting in. And for the for the Democrats, they're they're playing this all the way to the tilt to the hilt, aren't they? To the hill, they're planning all the way, all the way. Uh, the whole problem of, of the coronavirus being that on uh, on the part of the Republicans and most uh, pertinent, pertinently Donald uh, Donald J. Trump. They're playing that all the way through. They're hoping that you don't go to the polls. They're hoping that you just send in your ballots, and that would be okay and fine as long as you don't cheat, as long as you do it right, as long as we're not sitting up squabbling for three, four, five, or six months. Um, the media, your major media outlets pull your chains and you just need to know that they pull the chains of people. And we have to actually be able to discern whether or not the narratives, the, the message, the propaganda coming out of the media is ab absolutely correct or even marginally or what we would call peripherally correct or, or um, to whatever degree it, it is correct. We need to know because we can't just buy it as gospel just because they said it. We have to see what levels of proximity of what they're saying constitutes truth. And some of that stuff is just flat out wrong. And they're just hoping that you don't search it out. But remember what I told you before, the simple believe anything and everything anyone says is the prudent that looks well to his goings. Proverbs 14, verse 15. Uh, the prudent is going to do uh, what God tells them to do. Be quick to hear. Listen to what is said. Listen carefully, listen, listen objectively, listen critically, listen with a biblical lens, with a biblical prism, determine whether the propositions asserted are factual, are legitimate, um, or false and worthy of rejection. This is called a discerning Christian. When you don't do that, you're just hoodwinked. Um, and and uh, and sadly, that that's going to be the case for a lot of people uh, in America with what's going on. And they'll wake up one day and realize uh, America has changed significantly because we were not discerning. And I, it's important that we we understand this. Again, the number is one triple eight three six seven. 
5-3-2-9. The Lakers won, if anybody cares, uh, the NBA championship against Miami Heat. Uh, I watched a little bit of it. It was so boring that I basically I, I, I really didn't care. Uh, it's such a, uh, how would I put it, uh, anticlimactic atmosphere with the NBA for me because they are too politicized in their their approval of and acceptance of and constant spouting around uh, uh, social injustice, racial injustice, and Black Lives Matter and all of that stuff that it's just completely incongruent. The uh, the other thing is that uh, 49ers are on a trend of losing. We're sad about that. They need to get their act together. But the Seattle uh, Seahawks, uh, they pulled out a nice win over the Denver Broncos yesterday. That was a great game. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that. So, um, this is where we are. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break, pay a few more bills. When I come back, the lines are full. We're going to start with Paula. We're going to make our way to Marlis and then Jermaine and then Mark, and then the lines will be opening up. I want to hear from you, your questions, your concerns. Let's take advantage of this next hour and a half to really get at it. I don't care what it is, theology, politics, personal problems, philosophical, whatever. Let's talk about it on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Giston. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to Paula in Sacramento. Paula, are you there? I am. Hi, Paula. How are you? I am well, and yourself? Good. Is this your first time calling? It is. Okay. How long have you been listening? Uh, maybe about four years. Okay, great. All right. Tell me what's on your mind. I have a question. Sure. America has had many Republican presidents. We also have had many Democratic presidents. Mm -hmm. Why all of a sudden do you believe that if a Democrat is elected, that suddenly America will switch over to socialism? Well, actually, America is already socialist. Do you know what socialism is? I do. Huh? I do. Okay. So would, would you, would you, would you, have you ever considered that proposition that America is already socialist? I considered it. Um, I don't know that I agree that, that we are. I think that helping people is not a bad thing. In fact, I actually believe it's a biblical thing. Right. So let me ask you a question. So when we, those of us who believe that socialism is dangerous and bad for America uh, do not believe that helping people is bad for America. This is a great point of dialogue that I, I that you have actually swerved into, Paula. Let's uh, let's just let's let's ferret this out a little bit. Um, when those of us who have recognized historically that socialism has been bad around the world, we have recognized that it has been bad, one, for this reason. The people who promote socialism have never, ever really been able to produce what they say in terms of helping people or giving people things. This is one of the things that uh, socialism has had a horrible track record in, in actually producing what they say they would produce. That's the first thing. Is It would be good if... Um, 
if governments could actually do what they say they would do. But this is one of the problems that we're experiencing here in America, because African-Americans have been under a socialist program here in America since Franklin D. Roosevelt, uh, since since the time of the New Deal, since we uh, implemented affirmative actions and other socialist policies to help, if you will, cultivate black America into a a position of self-subsistence. But when we look at the record, the, uh, the, the fundamental reason that black Americans do well is not because of government handouts, but rather because of a work ethic that basically taught us and we had this intrinsically ingrained in us as African-Americans that if you give me the freedom to work and then you give me an honest day's pay, a wage for my labors, I'll be able to liberate myself. I'll be able to sustain myself and I'll be able to rise to the level of income sufficiency. And, and don't worry about um taking my money from me and giving it to somebody else, I'll be glad to help my neighbor financially with his needs or her needs because I'm not only free, I'm responsible. But what socialist government would say to me and you, Paula, is, no, we don't believe that you're socially responsible. So therefore, what we're going to do is actually tax you an exorbitant amount of money to take it out of your paycheck before you even get it. And we're going to distribute that money as we see fit to people that we think uh, need those uh, social services. Now, that's a very simplistic. My my question, thank you. My my question is simply simply this. Given you believe we're currently, America is currently socialist is what Mm -hmm. I'm understanding you to say. Yes. How is it going to be more so or any different than it's been in the past when any other Democratic president? So that was okay. my only point. I don't. No, no, no. I, I, I got your point. But worse in terms of no. socialism by having a Democratic uh, president. And certainly they can't get any worse because they're pretty bad. Things are certainly very bad now. And pretty much every time you give the right gives the uh, businesses huge tax breaks they never do anything for their employees so i don't know if that's true i don't i don't know if that's i don't know if you i don't know if that's true i don't i think and i've met a lot of people paula i i'll be i'll be honest with you i've met a lot of people who are actually democrats who secretly tell me out that they were very happy for uh the tax breaks that donald trump gave and i don't i don't run with i didn't uh, receive any yeah, I do. And in fact, this is I, what I I'll do. I'll a single tax break. From how much how much money do you make? Over 80. OK, well, um, that's probably because of who we are as Californians. That's a whole nother story. California is massively problematic. But just that you didn't get one or that I didn't get one doesn't mean that lots of people didn't. All you got to do is look up that. I don't data. know if that anyone is... who got one. I don't okay, know so what anyone... I... That got one. I know. I know big. I know big corporations got big breaks. Well, but it, but what I'm saying is that there are people who have, and I do know them. And even, but but to your point, even if I don't, if I did know a handful of people who have them, it does. That's anecdotal. It doesn't necessarily mean that's true across the board. But from what I'm hearing, it's true across the board. The tax breaks have gotten down to the average uh, uh, average uh, working American. The stats are out there. You can look them up for yourself. And that's one of the things that we're going to have to do going forward, Paula. You know what that is? You know, I, I totally agree. I absolutely look up everything myself, and that's why. 
in four years I've never called, but for you to talk about socialism mm-hmm. due to only the fact of there being a democratic candidate didn't seem to be logical. Okay, so let me let me let me logical. Let me so let me flesh you. this out. I know. Let me flesh it out. Don't, don't you don't have to be confused. Whenever you think you're confused in our me, all we got to do is ask the question. So I said that we are already socialists, but socialism has proportions. Like in any situation, you can say how much socialism is there. There is a lot of socialism when you look at it. But if you look at the Democratic platform, Paula, uh, and it's already out. The 2020 Democratic platform is 120 pages, and if you read it carefully. We're getting ready to go to another level of socialism that is absolutely astronomical. And I would encourage you to to look up the 2020 Democratic platform because it gives measures and it gives amounts of of taxation. It gives all of that. It's 120 pages. You don't have to go too far. And you'll see what many of us are saying is that it's going to go to another level that's going to be extremely problematic. But what I will say to your point, because for many years, that's what I um, I used to think that, too, that the presidents made a difference. But in a lot of ways, they don't. In a lot of ways, the presidents don't make a difference, unfortunately. And, that, and, that, and what I mean by that is when Obama got in, there was absolutely no substantial uh, benefit to the African-American community and stats are in. When Clinton got in, no substantial benefits uh, to the African-American people. In fact, he took the welfare system out. He cut it off. He put a limit on it. So in a lot of ways, I agree with you, except this time around, I would say, as a matter of fact, it is an extreme problem for the Democratic platform this time around when it comes to the draconian taxes that are about to be implemented and the new social policies. And I'm, you're sound, you sound like a very bright woman. And you can probably count as well. Look up the Democratic platform, go through some of the main policies and then give me a call back and let's talk about what they are wanting to do in terms of um, the, the, the global, uh, 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 you know, environmental uh, policies that they're holding. Then we can talk about what's going to take place in terms of uh, borders being open and people coming in free and receiving uh, welfare and support, um, uh, free medical and things of that nature. We can talk about two or three of the policies if you want to, Paula, and Paula, and then we can kind of look at whether we're going to be better off now or better off later. But to your point, because I'm glad you called, um, I agree with the concern. Why are we worried about the president that gets in? It, it's only because at this time they're stating what they want to do. It does not mean that they're going to bring it to pass, though. This is the sad thing that I've learned for decades. This is why I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, because they have both lied. I've explained this at length in my teachings. But I do want to warn people about the next level of socialism that's coming and it's coming blatantly through the Democratic Party. And if they win, we'll all get a chance to experience it. Thank you for your call. I've got to take a break. When I come back, I'll be picking up with Marlis. I'll pick up with Jermaine and then we'll pick up with Mark. Great question on Paula's part. Very, very good question. This is the Money Edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan. We'll be right back. We are back. I want to, first of all, uh, thank Paula for her question. I really I really appreciate that. That's that's inquiry. That's the way we should do it. I hope going forward, people will do that instead of simply taking sides. Ask the questions. Be, be ready to engage and be ready to learn as well. 
and I probably, Paula, I'm sorry for kind of asking you how much money you made. I was expecting you to kind of just like avoid that question. But since you shared with me, Onetta, I thought to myself, did I ask her whether she was single or not? I mean, you know, you're doing all right, girl. If you're single, <laughs> there's some good brothers out there that probably could use a good helpmate to kind of get through what we're getting ready to deal with. If, in fact, Joe Biden comes in, I'm kind of kidding. But I definitely appreciate your call and your being candid with me as well. Please call back again, my sister Paula. Let me go to line two and talk with Marlis on line, uh, line number two. Marlis, are you there? I am. Hi, how are you? Great. What's your question, comment, or observation today? Well, I, I have political uh, questions, too. I have, well, I have some comments and some questions. Um, I have some concerns, and but they go back to when you spoke in 2012. In fact, what you said on the radio just before the election back then between, I believe it was Obama and I think it was Romney. Yes, it was. Um, you said you 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 went. You had a extended um, oh, commentary. Guess, commentary. Uh, commentary. That's right about uh, Christians and how they should um, look at things. And and my recollection was that we should not vote. A Christian really should not vote for the lesser of two evils. But if I recall correctly, you proposed that a Christian would abstain from voting for either party if they did not feel they could endorse them. So what I did, I decided not to vote for Obama or Romney, and I penciled in Jesus Christ. And I remember telling one of my girlfriends that, and I felt like an utter fool, but I, because I, I knew she would think I was crazy. But that's what I did, um, and I um, pretty much, pretty much plan on doing the same thing because although uh, Mr. Trump does not seem to be, um, well, I'm, he he seems to have a lot of business savvy. I have serious, gravely serious concerns about his connection to reality and morality. I remember hearing, I, I just could not understand why so many um, people were endorsing Trump after what he said about grabbing women by the mm-hmm and claiming that they liked it and just some of his um, ethnic discussions seemed expressed in a way that seemed to bring out a lot of anti, well, I'd say racial 
negativity. Now, I okay, may so be... What I'm, so what I'm going to need you to do is sum it up, because I'm looking at the numbers here, and I know that we're going to get hit with like a heartbreak in like three minutes if if you don't kind of curtail that. I wish I could sit and listen, but you got to actually squeeze together your thoughts so we can do a response and then get ready for a break. Okay, well, I would like to know if I have misinterpreted the uh, Mr. Trump, and I think I would also just like to um, ask, how should a born-again Christian view Mr. Trump? You've made it pretty clear about Biden's socialism, uh, you know, agenda, and um, I'd like to know how should a, a Christian a truly authentic born again Christian evaluate Donald J. Trump. Okay. So yeah, let me do that for you. Uh, and, and for everybody else out there relative to the responsibility of Christians. And it was the same thing I said to Paula, and I'm not even questioning whether you're doing it or not. I hope you are. No one should vote. No one should vote who is ignorant of the policies. No one. This has been a huge disaster in American politics. I'll talk about that on the other side of the break, about hoodwinking millions of people to vote for something that they have not investigated, understood, and properly uh, embraced the consequences of such policies. This is what has been devastating in terms of how politics manipulates people with narratives because they are sure that people are not going to do the research. You heard me say even to our dear uh, sister Paula to, to look up the platform, the Democratic platform, the party platform of the Democrats for 2020. And if you look at it case by case, article by article, promise by promise, you will begin to see, if you can just add numbers, just uh, just a small smidgen, you'll begin to see how impossible those policies are to fulfill without the kind of taxation that would basically incline a ruin or a takeover of our freedoms in America. Uh, secondly, and therefore policy is an issue, even with Donald Trump. Look up the policies of the Re uh, Republican Party. Look up what he they want to do, because we're not dealing with dictators uh, totally. This The other part about Paula's uh, response that was good, what do the presidents have to do with, you know, the movement and the uh, directions of our country? They have some things to do with it. They're not total dictators, although the way we are going if we don't become much more responsible in terms of our civic duties to know local propositions and to know uh, the larger uh, political platforms of our uh, parties, then, yeah, we're going to continue to be hoodwinked. But to get to your question, because i got about a minute before we well, have to I take a break. I'd like you also to address whether... His moral character. Yeah, right. I already got, I already understood that. So let me go back because I've been consistent for 12 years as a, a, a person speaking on, on the radio about politics as a believer. One, the believer should not vote ignorantly. That's just no, you don't do anything ignorantly. I'm not talking, I'm talking in general. The Bible is clear. Do all things with an understanding. Shame on professing believers that just feel like voting for someone because they like Joe Biden or they like Donald Trump. I, I didn't vote for Donald Trump. 
Uh, you know that, Marlis, but a lot of people don't. They, what you're hearing me do when I talk about politics are talk about substantial principle things that are rooted in a biblical uh, uh, foundation relative to morals and ethics. That's what I deal with. And I, I uh, summarily and vocally uh, deny uh, the left-wing politics of the Democratic Party as reflecting biblical truth under most of its premises. Uh, that's why I was ready to actually delineate between the notion of uh, socialism and doing good. And here is how I will set that forth. Uh, while I also finish uh, talking about how to vote. Socialism is taking other people's money via taxation and doing with it what they feel is right to be done without it being permitted by the people from whom they're taking the money. And quite frankly, that's what we do as Americans. We let that happen. Now, we have the power to stop it. But in all in almost all cases, we don't. And then we look up and our taxes are like just absolutely uh, breathtaking and devastating from death taxes to property taxes to sales taxes to federal taxes to state taxes. It's absolutely amazing. And the government is aware that we're conditioned uh, to them doing that. And so they just take our money and do what they want to and continue to raise, ta raise taxes, as Joe Biden said. Now, if you listen to Walter Williams and you listen to Thomas Sowell, two African-American economist brothers, they'll let you know that that is not social good. That is theft to just take people's money. That's theft. You need to ask my permission for it. Uh, and, 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 and getting back then to voting for the lesser of two evils or not voting at all. I don't believe in voting for the lesser of two evils. That's me personally. And therefore, I did not vote for Donald Trump. And I certainly did not vote for Hillary Clinton. I would never have done that. Donald Trump failed for me on a moral ethical level as Marlis is clearly asserting, and therefore I voted independently and, and, and logged in a name that I'm not going to tell you. Uh, the, they are on the ballot, but they didn't, they weren't going to win. But I would have just as easily been clear in my conscience to have done exactly what Marlis did, which I have done years before. Put the name Jesus Christ in there. I vote for him, though he can't be voted in because he's not a president. He's Lord. He's the sovereign Lord and he governs the presidents. This is where my peace comes in at. But the man or the woman that is under the assumption that you are mandated to vote. Well, you're not. Not if you're a Christian. You have a right to vote. It would be good to vote, but you should vote two ways, knowledgeable about what you are voting on, be knowledgeable, and then at the same time also be consistent in your, in your voting. In other words, justify your voting for what party you do by the word of God, which is the big problem in this case. I'm afraid that when you ask a person who is a Democrat, to actually explain to you why they are a Democrat and at the same time, time are a Christian and ask them to justify the policies on the left from a biblical standpoint. They can't and they don't other than overgeneralizing things like people need help. No, give me the policies. Show me how you can justify voting for a party that's going to kill babies all the way up to and after birth, which is infanticide, and the list goes on and on, and you know what the list is. I'm talking to everyone out there. And, uh, you know, we all have to deal with God in terms of our voting. We really do. 
and are professing to be Christians too, and whether or not we're going to walk in a cognitive dissonance and vote for policies that are so contrary to the word of God that the angels would blush and still call ourselves believers. one 367 Got to take a hard break, pay some bills. Marlis, thank you for those questions. I think we got one line open, or maybe two now. Maybe two. And I'd love to hear from you Democrats who say you are Christian and you may be, but justify the policies on the left. Tell me whether you know them and tell me how you justify them biblically. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. one 367 5329 I'll be right back. 